This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. I have to say I've been really encouraged lately with the number of Instagram and TikTok videos that I've seen on free and cheap things to do in London, in Paris, you know, taking walks, grabbing a coffee with a friend instead of brunch. So I am actually really hopeful that the younger generation is starting to see like that free can be fun. As opportunities come your way, just go through the doors that open. Don't say no to challenges and opportunities staring you in the face just because they weren't in your plans. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do two things. First, we'll be answering a question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community about giving advice to college grads and how to lead them in the right direction. Second, we're back with our debt-free family segment. We're featuring Q from Chicago, who paid off $30,000 worth of debt and is now focused on building generational wealth for his daughter. He's going to share how he became debt-free and what he's doing to earn that generational wealth. All right, let's jump into today's show. I received a question from Melissa through my newsletter, and here it is. My niece just graduated from college and got a job in marketing. I want to help her to start investing so she can take advantage of time like I did not. She says here, what advice can I give her? And any other money advice for her situation is appreciated too. Sorry, I didn't want to leave a voicemail. I don't like the sound of my voice. Haha. <laughs> that, <laughs> Melissa, that's my wife and I do a podcast together and I love doing it with her. But every time we put out a show, she's like, I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel you on the, uh, on the voice mail thing. It's all good. Melissa, thank you very much for connecting through the newsletter. If you guys want to connect on my biweekly newsletter like Melissa, you can do that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash free gift. That is marriagekidsandmoney.com slash free gift. You'll learn the 10 steps that we took as a couple to pay off our mortgage early as that free gift. So Melissa... Thank you for this question. This is fantastic. I'm an uncle and I've definitely gone out of my way to give solicited and unsolicited advice about money to my nephews and niece as they uh, graduate college or graduate high school or just kind of move on to this adultville. To make this fun though, I thought I would get a little help from two financial experts who know the unique opportunities and challenges for women in the workplace. That's what your niece is doing now. So to help me answer your question, I've invited Jean Chatsky and Catherine Tuggle on the podcast today. Jean is the CEO and co-founder of Her Money, the author of 13 books, an award-winning magazine columnist, and the host of the Her Money podcast. Catherine is the chief content officer and Gracie award-winning editor-in-chief at HerMoney.com. These two came together on a new book recently called How to Money, which is your ultimate visual guide to the basics of personal finance. And it's a Available now, everybody. Welcome to the show, Jean and Catherine. Hey, Andy. Hey, Andy. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. This is going to be a fun one. I really love having helped my nephews and nieces kind of get a leg up and, you know, getting them started. So this question kind of hits home. So let's help Melissa with her question right away. If Melissa wanted to help her niece with the investing side of things, where's the best place for her to start? 
Well, I think since she just started a job, the very best place for her to start is by enrolling in her company's 401k. Hopefully they have one, right? Some small companies don't. And if your niece happens to be working for one of those companies, then you could help set her up with an account at a brokerage firm like an Elevest or a Vanguard or any number of them, Fidelity, where she could open an IRA. But let's assume she's got a 401k and let's assume that it's even better in that her company matches some of her contributions. You want to get her in there immediately so that she can start grabbing those matching dollars because that is the best possible return she is ever going to get on her money. So I would sit down and I would have that conversation with her about what her options are and if she's already enrolled and if she is already enrolled, how the money in that account is invested. A lot of people sometimes confuse the account, which is just the bucket that holds the investments with the investments itself. So it's really important that she takes both pieces into consideration. And again, if she doesn't have a 401k, you can do the same with a Roth IRA. That's typically the best option for somebody her age. Just get the money working and get it on automatic pilot. So every single time she gets paid, she is contributing something. I've spent some time on TikTok and Instagram, and there seems to be this like general hate for the 401k on there. Like that's a scam and you have to wait too long to get it. What would you say to those people talking like that online? Are they crazy? (laughs) I mean, seriously, when we look at the hierarchy of how you get a return on your investment, you always want to go for the free return first, right? The the free money first. And there is no better return on the planet than a 401k match. It just it it just doesn't exist. And look, I get I get the frustration in that it's true. About half of the companies in this country don't offer a 401k. They're small companies. In many cases, they can't afford to do it or they don't think that they can afford to do it or administratively it's too much of a hassle. In those cases, some of them will will automatically put you into an IRA. You should let them, but if they don't you should put yourself into an IRA. Otherwise, no, the 401k is a really good deal. I don't get what you said about people saying you have to wait too long to get it. It's a retirement savings vehicle. You get it in retirement. (laughs) There's no like secret, hidden secret there. Like that's what it's for. And to answer Melissa's question, I would just say that you can't underestimate how basic you need to be when you're talking to young people. You know, I think a lot of us in our first jobs, when a 401k is presented, is presented as a checkbox. Do you want a 401k? Yes or no. There's no explanation given. There's no handholding given. It is just a choice that you have on a form. And whether or not you check that box can make a million dollar difference in your future. So I would just say, start with the basics, tell her what it is, tell her why it's good. And then if she doesn't have a 401k, as Jean said, with an IRA, tell her how that reduces her tax burden if she contributes to that IRA. Like make it sound like it's good for her in the moment and why it's good for her now. 
I think that's great advice. Catherine, you know, a lot of people, they hear the 401k, the IRA, the Roth IRA. Okay, I've got one. Now the difficult part is like, what do I invest in? Or how do I make sure that I'm not just leaving it in the money market thing? Because I know some people do that sometimes. So is there a way to keep this simple? I mean, the simplest option would be a target date fund, which it adjusts your risk according to how close you get to retirement. So the closer you get to your retirement age, it's going to invest less in stocks and more in bonds, more in secure investments that are going to be a little more stable. It's going to take more risk when you're younger, when you're in your 20s and, and you can afford to you know make up for, for any losses that you might have in the market. And that's really the best sort of set it and forget it plan that we see for people. That's what I've had my 401k in for years. And I love it. Absolutely. And you could see it compound and grow and grow. And you've had the decades to see that magic happen. Let's talk, I guess, outside of investing when you get in there and yes, you got the job, you get this paycheck thing that's like, whoa, that's a lot more money than I've ever had. How do we like not mess this up? You know, like I remember, I remember being 22, getting my first paycheck and man, did I mess that up? I got the, the nicer car. I bought a house I couldn't afford. I guess, I don't know. What should we do? How do we, I guess, act responsibly with this new money that we have in our lives? There's an old saying and, you know, it's been a saying since I've been doing this, which makes it makes it a fairly old saying that you should really pay yourself first. And what this means is that you should just save before you spend. If you save before you spend, then there's no shot unless you go heavy duty into credit card debt that you are going to spend more than you are making. Right. Which is why when Catherine and I talk about budgeting in how to money, we suggest that you do it backwards. And what we mean is figure out where your money is actually going. Even if it's your first paycheck, you have expenses already. So take a couple of weeks and actually track your expenses. Look at every single line item. And and that means not just the spending that you're doing on your credit cards and with your debit cards. It means where your Venmo transfers going, you know, as you're using Apple Pay, keep track of that. If you're spending any cash, keep track of that as well. And then look at it. And what you'll have is a bit of a roadmap that shows you This much is going to transportation. This much is going to housing. This much is going to food. This much is going to takeout food. This much, you know, you'll see, you'll see all the line items and that gives you the power to make changes about where you want your money to go. It's pretty impossible to just sit down and say, I want 35% of my money to go to housing. I want 20% to go to transportation without seeing where your money is going in real time. So look at it and then tweak it. Catherine, so you live in a major city in the United States, New York City. That could be a place or fairly anywhere. I'm I'm just picking on New York for a second. You get this job, you get paid and you see other people doing fun things that maybe you're not doing. And I don't know, this sort of lifestyle creep starts to take over a little bit. How do we fight that when we live in a society, a consumeristic society that really, I guess, values a lot of those things? And we see those statistics of people spending a lot more than they have. How do we fight that personally to make sure that we're putting ourselves first? 
Yeah. I mean, I have to say I've been really encouraged lately with the number of Instagram and TikTok videos that I've seen on free and cheap things to do in London, in Paris, you know, taking walks, grabbing a coffee with a friend instead of brunch. So I am actually really hopeful that the younger generation is starting to see like that free can be fun, particularly during the pandemic. A lot of us were forced to take a walk rather than, you know, spending money on like a bottomless boozy brunch because those didn't exist. So, you know, I am hopeful that that people are starting to see that they are being sold to. And we do talk about that in How to Money. We talk about how all of these companies, all of these great Instagram ads, all of the credit card companies that are charging you 20% interest, they want you to spend. And I, I think when you can... When you understand that the, you know, the little impulse buy gauntlet at TJ Maxx, that is there to get you to make impulse buys. When you start to see all these things add up and you realize how you're being marketed to and how you're being sold to, I actually think it makes it a lot less tempting to spend because we see like, you know, they're trying to get one over on me. And I'm going to I'm going to hold on to my cash and I'm going to save money. And I also think just trying to focus on those future priorities rather than in the here and now. We've heard from a lot of our listeners who will, uh, if they're trying to save up for a big trip to Paris, they will put a picture of the Eiffel Tower on their phone's home screen. And it won't be some sort of constant reminder that's beating them over the head and making them feel bad about every single latte that they buy, but it will be there. It will be there as a visual reminder to say like, there are bigger things than that new pair of pants or that new pair of shoes for me this week. So I think focusing on your long-term goals and and also kind of trying to, to understand when companies are getting one over on you, those are pretty empowering. That's great advice. Collectively, you two have had a lot of time working in the workplace as women. I am, I am not a woman. I admit that <laughs> fully on this podcast. Yes. But you guys have unique situations, unique challenges that maybe men don't experience in the workplace. Could we give some advice to Melissa's niece as she starts off on her career of maybe advice that you have having worked in the workplace as a woman? Well, can we send Melissa's niece a copy of How to Money? I would love to be able Absolutely to do that. Absolutely, we can, for okay. sure. All right. Absolutely. So, so let's, just, let's just put that out there. Catherine, do you want to start with this one? Yeah. Well, well, so my first piece of advice would be for everyone, for men and women, which is that starting salary that you get is so important to how you are able to earn in the future coming years. Because I think a lot of us in major corporations, we've all seen that our raises that we're given is based on a percentage of our salary, right? So if you're going to get a 3% raise after your first year at that company, you'll be much better off if you have a $50,000 starting salary than if you had a $45,000 salary. And that's just going to build on itself over time. So I would say negotiate for as much as you can in your starting job and in every single job. And what we're seeing in most states now, it is illegal for employers to ask you what you're currently earning. So I think that that is going to make a very, very big difference in what people are able to get when they jump from job to job. So, you know, in the event that someone does ask you what you're currently earning, just say, I'm looking to make a certain amount. So don't answer with what you're currently making. Just tell them what you'd like to make. And I think that that's going to make a big difference for women who maybe started out with lower salaries, but who are looking to to get elevated to be on a level with their male peers. 
to add on, as you look at your careers in general, I think Catherine and I are, are pretty realistic examples of people who have had career paths that have not been completely straight. They're a lot more fun, by the way, when they're not completely straight. As opportunities come your way, just go through the doors that open. Don't don't say no to challenges and opportunities staring you in the face just because they weren't in your plans. Think about what they might be able to offer you. Think about what you could bring to the party and be willing to explore some of these unusual things. Because I got to tell you, a lot of the jobs that we hear our listeners taking today didn't even exist 10 years ago. And we have to be willing to roll with whatever the economy brings our way. I think that's a great message for somebody who grew up and graduated from college and said, okay, this is what I'm going to be. I definitely did not say that (laughs) for a long time. And you know, I think it took a long time for me to realize that's okay. That's okay to do a bunch of different things, change yourself. And I hope that is a, a resounding message that's coming for new grads right now. Speaking of new grads, where can people get this how to money book? And then if people want to connect with you more, where should they do that? So you can get how to money wherever Books are sold. That means Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local bookstore, we hope. But you can connect with us, and I hope you do, at hermoney.com. We publish, like you do, Andy, a newsletter every single week, actually twice a week. It's free. It's got great tips about how to keep up with what's happening in the world of your finances. And we've got a a podcast that we hope you all will sample called Her Money. Catherine and I are both a part of that. We love doing it more than, well, speaking for me, I love doing it more than I love just about everything else. And with our podcast, if you do have a financial question that you would like Jean to answer, you can write directly to me at mailbag at hermoney.com and we will tackle your questions. We usually tackle about two personal questions per episode. So we'd love to hear from you there. I think that's a fun way to do it because everybody has a very unique situation. And when they get these questions, it could feel like, okay, wow, now I can really understand what that person's going through. So just like we did today, thank you very much for answering this question, Catherine and Jean. Melissa, we hope that helps you and your niece as she launches into her new life here. Catherine and Jean, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. 
Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. For some people, debt can feel like an incredible weight on your shoulders. And after carrying this weight for a while, there comes a time when you say, I'm done with this. On our debt-free segment today, we're going to interview Q from Chicago. Recently, Q and his wife, Kara, became debt-free after paying off over $30,000 of debt in four years. Today, we're going to learn how they accomplished this family financial goal and what they're doing with their money now. Welcome to the show, Q. Thanks for having me, Andy. Glad to be here, man. Like I said, you gave me something to do on this beautiful Tuesday, and I'm always down to talk. I'm always down to talk about money. There you go, man. Oh, you got the right place then, because I'm, I'm always down too. Let's talk about your motivation for doing this wild family financial goal of becoming debt-free. Why did you want to become debt-free? So it's funny. I tell people the same thing every time. It's super simple. My girlfriend yelled at me, right? Just that one sentence my then girlfriend, now fiance, yelled at me in short, but ultimately I just wasn't bringing enough to the table. I thought I was an adult, right? Me and my girlfriend decided to move in together. And when we moved in together, you know, you got a little more bills than living at home with your parents. So I didn't calculate everything properly. And I came up short on the rent two months in a row. The first month she said, oh, it's no big deal. Give me back next time when you got the money. The second month I came up short, she nipped it in the bud like, all right, I'm not your personal ATM. I'm not your parent. It don't seem like you're ready. You keep coming up short. I ain't going to keep covering you. So you got to make a choice. Either figure it out or we're going to have to figure something out else in the future because I'm not dealing with this. And I was like, she got a point. <laughs> she got a point. So I had to turn it up, man. I had to do something different because what I was doing clearly wasn't working. You had money coming in, but it just wasn't enough to take care of what you needed to take care of. Is that where the paying off the debt came into the picture where you're saying, hey, I need to create a little more wiggle room between what I've got coming in and what I've got going out? Yeah, because that's that's exactly what it was. Like I had the stable job. I had been employed for 10 years at my previous employer. So I always had the money coming in, but 
the debt and everything else I was dealing with and the fact that I didn't have bills living with my parents. I was able to do what I wanted to do in my parents' house. But when you're on your own and you're an adult and you got groceries and you got insurance, and you got all these other things, I was just coming up short and I had to really dissect where the heck my money was going and what I was going to do to increase that income. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What kind of debt did you have at that period of time? So personal loan, I had $500 that I owed to a friend. I had medical bills. I had a bank charge off of about 1300 and then the rest was student loans. So 29000 yeah, roughly twenty nine k with student loans. Yeah. When you got those things out there, especially the student loan, that kind of weighs on you and it takes up a lot of that extra money that would have been a lot more fun to use <laughs> and spend for things that we like to use our money for. So let's talk about how you became debt-free. What did you do from that point on when you had that epiphany moment or that kick in the pants moment where you said it's time to do some stuff? What did you do to become debt-free? I kid you not. I didn't know who to turn to, what to look to other than our trusted friend, Google. Right. So I hopped on Google. I typed in how to get out of debt, enter. And that's what I did. Of course, the first thing that popped up was like an Investopedia article. But then they mentioned Dave Ramsey. So, of course, naturally, I navigated towards Dave Ramsey and I followed his his teachings to the T up until I pretty much didn't need him no more. But that's what I did. Typed in how to get out of debt, found Dave Ramsey and then followed the the seven baby steps up until about baby step four. And then I started doing my own thing after that. But that's what it did. I, I looked it up, picked up an extra job almost instantly, called the creditors back, seeing what loans I can reinstate, seeing how to go about every step possible to clean up my situation, right? So I was just pretty much taking the next best step and doing the best I could every day. I also found Dave a while ago. He helped me out quite a bit as well with our debt situation, especially getting rid of my student loans, which I ended up paying for my fiance's engagement ring with my student loans, which is a bad idea. Nobody should do that. But he definitely helped me out with getting out of our situation. Talk to us about this extra work you did and how that sort of helped you make the process go a little faster. I was working at a dealership originally, so I was in the detail, detail washing cars, whatever. So I was getting tips as well. So there was two forms there. And then I started picking up all the OT that they offered. So if they wanted me to stay a little bit later, I'd jump on it. So I'm doing OT at the one job. So I'm turning one job into three streams. And then I picked up a second part-time job at a rec center, which was about a mile away from my original job. So I can just get off the one job, jump right over to the next job. That way I don't have to travel too, too much. I could just get it and then go back home. But the rec center guarded me an extra 12 to 13K. So that took me from 18,000. That's another thing I want to mention. I started off only making 18 grand, man. I was 18K. The second job got me right at, uh, what's that, 31,000. And I just kept increasing over time. So I would do OT at the first job, OT at the second job, and just getting real scrappy with it. That is a great way to get out of the problems is adding a little bit more money onto your plate to help you clean that up. Now, I understood this happened over a period of time in your life because when I watched your YouTube video of you crushing the student loan for a moment, you all of a sudden had a child in front of you. Talk to me about how becoming a dad maybe changed things for you a little bit too. Dude, that that multiplied and amplified things probably 10x if I'm being honest. Like you thought my girlfriend put a fire under me when we find out we were expecting, when we found out we were expecting that really, like, I don't know what happened. Something inside of me flipped and was just like, okay, I really got to go crazy now because it's going to be even more difficult once she gets here. So I decided to get more scrappy, right? So I ditched those two jobs I was working 
And then I found another job. So I started applying elsewhere in the process and I found a job that I'm currently working at now that pays four times more than I was getting at both of those jobs. So that turned me up, man. That I, I can't even explain it. Even to this day, my daughter will be almost three here in November. And every time I look at her, I'm just like, you don't even know what you did for me or what you're doing for me. No better motivation than when you bring a human to the world and you're like, okay, it's not just me that I got to take care of. I got to take care of this one too. And it gets you going. Would you agree? I agree, man. You got to make sure they eat. You got to make sure they're healthy. Doctors visits. It's so much that comes like so many responsible financial obligations that comes along with being a parent. And that one thing I don't want to be is an irresponsible parent. So whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it. That is a great sentiment. And I'm sure they are going to appreciate it as you continue moving on now. So you've done a lot of things. You paid off this debt and now it didn't stop there. What are some of these post debt free things that you're doing with your life to kind of build wealth and give your child a better future as well? Dude, I'm, I'm doing everything you can think of, honestly. <laughs> that was one thing I took from my debt-free journey because I was very much so gazelle intense, as Dave would put it. And I'm the same way with my investments because now I'm on the journey to fire. I do plan on retiring no later than the age of 42. I'm well on track to do that. But one of the main things I'm doing is simply investing. So maxing out my Roth IRA every single year catching sales in the stock market. So if things are down significantly, purchasing those blue chip companies, right? Buying stocks within an individual brokerage account, but I'm also dabbling into real estate. So those are my three main methods is Roth IRA, individual brokerage account, real estate, repeat. Wow. Increase my income so that way I can have more money to deploy into assets and investments. So that's the goal, man. I got it on a, it's, it's pretty much set it and forget it at this point. I love that. Talk to us about the real estate side of things. We don't often talk about that on the show and I'm very interested. What are you doing to invest into real estate to help you build your wealth? Fun story. I just purchased my very first home, my primary home, which is what I'm in right now. We just closed in March, this past March 17th. And that was something that excited me. We bought right, got the interest rate that, you know, is not jumped three times since we've closed. So we got in at a good time. But I take that as my training wheels. But for now, I'm working with a pool of investors. So me personally, I have only a significant amount of capital, right? I currently only make 70K annual. That's a little bit above average income. But for what I want to do in real estate, that's not enough. So I'm focused on partnerships, so right now I'm doing JVs, which are joint ventures and working with other investors. So either I'm the boots on the ground for them and I'm getting referral fees or finders fees, or I'm doing some type of wholesaling or some type of other other things to build up my capital so that I can purchase my own things, but mostly focus on syndications right now. I think that's great. And it sounds like you're learning along the way as well. So these partnerships not only provide you, I guess, an easier way to get into real estate, but you're also just kind of absorbing, you know, some knowledge along the way as well. Is that right? Yeah, man, you, you can't you can do it by yourself, but you can go further faster together. I tell people that all the time, like we're meant to work together. It's no point of spinning your wheels when you can look at somebody who's either coming back from where you're trying to go, or who's done the things that you want to do and collab with them. Maybe you'll have the cash, maybe you'll have the credit, but either way, y'all can benefit from each other if you choose to do so. Talk to the person who's listening right now that's saying, 
man, I don't make that much of an income. I make, like you said in the beginning, you were making 18, you know, you brought it up to 30, but they're just feeling so strapped right now. They don't have any room to breathe, but they've got kind of the same sort of debt that you had in your life. Give them a piece of advice on why they can continue moving forward. What would you say to that person who's struggling right now? I would say get around community. Like I mentioned just previously, working with other people, doing it together and not so that you're so isolated and alone. Like I started by myself, but I knew once it became unsustainable or I was feeling tired, I was in search of motivation. So what I did was jumped online. They have Facebook groups. They have YouTube where you can just join certain communities, Instagram, et cetera. And you can just jump on and see people who are doing the same things you're doing and get encouraged and get inspired by their story. And you guys can converse and hold each other accountable. So accountability partners are major. I can't even explain it. Like I call myself the probably the world's best accountability partner because not only do I hold myself accountable, but I hold other people accountable because if you say you want to do it, you'll do it up until you feel like you're running out of steam, but then you'll stop. But you have to keep going even when you're running out of steam, because at the end of the day, if you quit, you'll never get to that finish line. I think that's so important. That's a big reason why I like to do these conversations, Q, because we just, we're creating community through these conversations and helping inspire other people who are maybe in the same position. What excites you in the next five to 10 years of your life? You are on this train of building wealth and creating a future for your family that is amazing. So where are you hoping to go in the next five to 10 years? That's a really good question, man. I've never been asked that, but I have considered, I think I've asked myself that, but what excites me is just the fact that What I'm doing, my kids are watching, right? They're paying close attention to. Like my my daughter has been sitting in my lap for the past two years as I create YouTube videos or as I do live streams on IG about finance. So she's eating all this stuff up. She's downloading it. And that's something that I never had as a kid. So that's really what excites me, knowing that I'm inadvertently creating generational wealth just by doing the things I'm doing. And it is, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Like my daughter can count to 30 off the back of her hand. She knows what every single coin is, penny through quarter. And she just, she understands. Like I take her to the bank with me. She's went to all of the showings when we were shopping for our first home. And, you know, the home we picked, it was based off her input. So we involve her in all of these things. And it's just, she won't know any other way. She'll never have to say, oh, I didn't learn this in school because it won't matter. She learned at home. She learned it from home. So that's what excites me, honestly. I love it. How old is she again? She's two and a half. She'll be three in November. I love that, man. She's learning financial independence, financial freedom at three years old. That is amazing, Q. Q, you talked about this YouTube channel. You talked about the education that you're providing out there. Tell people where they can find you and learn more from you. So I'm all over the interwebs. Honestly, I actually just created a Twitter. So I'm on Twitter. Q makes it happen. Instagram, Q makes it happen. YouTube, Q makes it happen. The only thing I'm missing is a QmakesItHappen.com, but that's coming soon. Awesome. I've really enjoyed Q's YouTube channel as well for a couple of years now. We've been connected. We both got a part of a giving challenge. I think it was a couple of years ago and I was very inspired what he shared. And again, talk about community. Q is, is definitely making it happen. So Q, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you too, Andy, man. Appreciate it. Anytime, man, you reach out to me, I'll reach out to you. I'm working on a podcast myself, so I'd love to have you as a guest in the future. I'm down. I'm down. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's do it.
As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I wanted to let you know that I'm going to be doing a meetup in Orlando next month for a conference. On Wednesday, September 7th at 5 p.m., I'll be hosting an MKM meetup at the Orlando World Center Marriott, evidently a very nice place. So if you're in the area, you're in Central Florida or Orlando, come hang out with your buddy Andy for a happy hour hello and I don't know just a chat about life family and money just be there for an hour or two and uh, would be nice to meet you go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash meetup to learn more that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash meetup m-e-e-t-u-p you can RSVP there and do it soon so I know how many folks are coming hope to see you there in the spirit of growth and inspiration I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Gene Chatsky. Show your kids that needs and wants are two different things. The best way to teach our kids to be smart consumers and savvy savers is to model good behavior for them. Whether it's post-college or newborns, let's show our kids the way, everyone. Carpe diem. 